From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis and the Mississippi Delta for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we feature gospel stars, the McCreary Sisters. We'll hear a performance captured at the Levitt Shell in Midtown Memphis, and later in the program, we get to sit down and catch up with the sisters. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee. It's brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Beale Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. Great show lined up. We've got the McCrary sisters with us this This week. This sounds fun. The sisters are Beverly Ann McCrary, Deborah McCrary, Regina McCrary, and Alfreda McCrary. They are the daughters of Sam McCrary, minister and founder of Gospel Legends, the Fairfield Four. With so many gospel groups, it's always a family thing. The acclaimed a cappella gospel group, the Fairfield Four, based in Nashville in the 40s and 50s, they used to practice in the family's living room. That, of course, provided a musical and spiritual education like no other. As kids, we thought everybody had the ability to sing, remembers Anne McCrary because everybody they know did sing. All eight McCrary children sang in the church on Sunday mornings. And during the evening, they'd listen to the Fairfield Four practice in the living room and emulate the harmonies they heard. The sisters see their music as a continuation of their father's music, and it's their family's legacy. Regina McCrary says, I see us as a bridge between old school and new school gospel. You've got to understand where the music has been to know where to take it. Here are the McCrary sisters live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was the McCrary Sisters live on Beale Street Caravan. We'll be back with more music in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation and is also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. This week, we learn about Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey looked in the mirror. She saw gold in her grin around her throat dangling from her earlobes over her wig like a halo. She was only a teenager back when she became Ma. It happened in Missouri in a tent. She heard a girl sing about how her man had gone. All the show people stopped caking on their makeup and listened. After she got through, Ma asked the girl, what kind of song is that? Girl said, it's the blues. Ma asked the girl to sing it slow and let her write out the words. Ma spread those blues around the country. She never had no other children. I joined her band in Chicago at the Grand Theater. Ma was on top, had records out, bookings in all the big theaters. They called her mother of the full house then. I was playing piano on stage when the curtain opened. Two hoofers, Buck and Bubbles, rolled out this big phonograph cabinet to center stage. They put a big record on it, cranked it up, and tap danced around the machine. Ma's voice started singing out. I began to wonder if she skipped a show and just gonna play a record. The audience grumbled. Then the phonograph cabinet started shaking thing opened up and Ma stepped right out of it into the spotlight. Whole crowd's eyes twinkled. After she had everybody in the palm of her hand, Ma went and squeezed out the tears. I've been wondering where Felt good to see someone ordinary in all those jewels. Her crooked wig, pink face powder, couldn't nothing hide her soul. People who loved Ma knew pain very well. She could turn pain around. If a man quit her, it wasn't cause she's ugly, it was his problem. She sang, now all the people wonder why I'm all alone. A sissy shook that thing and took my man from home. Even Ma's cruelty was kind-hearted. I seen the worst thing she ever done. Couldn't believe it. She had the full program then. The Paramount Flappers, comedians, a whole train car full. And a torch singer used to bring down the house with her sad blues. Girl out of Chattanooga. She loved Ma. When the show came to her hometown, Ma cut the gal loose. I asked Ma why. She said, I could have kept her forever. Well, now she's mad and broken, lonesome, I said. Yes, sugar, nothing gonna stop her. Once I lived a life of a millionaire Spending my money I didn't care The girl had sense enough to understand. She even helped Ma when nobody else could. One night in Chicago, Ma threw a party at her place, all women. They drank that bad whiskey, tear off their clothes, had no idea a neighbor dropped a dime. 
Out of nowhere, everybody heard the police banging on the door. Ma shouted, it's a raid. Police kicked in the door. Underclothes start flying through the air. Cops chasing women around. Ma grabbed a dress, trying to shimmy it over her head while running out the fire escape. She tripped half naked down the steps and the police was standing right there waiting. Ma told them, oh boys, we just had the radio up. They still took Ma to jail. Wasn't about to call her mama back in Georgia to go her bail. She only knew one person sitting on that kind of money. So the girl from Chattanooga turned Ma loose. Not everyone Ma fired went on to fame and glory. Over the years, she had to do what she had to do to keep the show on the road. Ma cut the flappers, Buck and Bubbles were next, got so nobody wanted to play their hometown. Whistling Rufus, gone. Jolly Saunders, too. Ma did hire someone, an accountant, Mr. Lucius Walker. He saved the show by shaving the show, cut it down to me, Sonny the cornet player, and Roscoe the drummer. We saw the blues go from the biggest thing in the world to hunger. All those years, she sent money back to her brother to build their mama a two-story house. We'd pass by there going through Columbus. Ma's brother also built the wagon she traveled in after her days as mother of the full house ended. Put a log cabin on a flatbed, put a camp stove in it. She even carried a few bits of the old show with her. Mr. Walker towed the cabin around on the back of his dark green Studebaker. Ma called it the spirit of St. Lucius. Mr. Walker had Ma out singing in dusty tents like back when she first heard the blues. She lived on pickled green beans she put up in summer. She wore gowns that dragged the floor so nobody could see her swelled up ankles. We didn't exactly embrace Mr. Lucius Walker. He wore a big trench coat with a sash on it, kept his hands in his pockets. Roscoe would kid Ma. Fool can dance. Ma told him, Fool's been to college. We'd see him count every bag of peanuts before and after the show and every dime in the cigar box. Couldn't get him away from the door. Except one time. It was a big night down in Winter Haven at Orange Harvest. They built a stage right in the grove, lit it up with coal oil torches that keep the trees from freezing. All the pickers came with their overalls full of money. Ma slapped herself on the behind and sang past midnight. The people shouted, amen, amen, like a revival meeting. We were all smothered in sweat and cold smoke. Afterwards, we dug into some of that cornbread and roast pig behind the stage. We seen Mr. Walker standing in the headlights of the promoter's car shouting, You gonna kill me about 150? You gonna have to. We played outside Fort Myers that Friday. Ma conjured the old magic for a big crowd. Her gold twinkled, their eyes shined, the backsides shook. Afterwards, we went to count our money. 
Mr. Walker couldn't be found. We went out back to see Z in his car. Ma's log cabin just slumped there. The dark green Studebaker was gone. Your low-down alligator Just watch me sooner or later Gonna catch you when your princess down The eagle flew, Ma said. We four went inside her cabin. Ma lit her camp stove and a lantern, and we sat. That business at Winter Haven was the hook, she said. Act like he put his life on one night's pay. I never should have believed a man would do that. I stopped watching him close. She poured us hot coffee off the stove. We had nothing. No transportation, no money. Ma took off a gold earring and tossed it to me. She gave the other to Sonny. Roscoe said, I want a tooth. She grinned and removed her necklace. Ma broke off the $20 gold piece. She bit it, glanced at the mark, and handed it over to him. If anybody can stick around, we got one more show here, she said. That night, I went through the curtain, sat down at the piano stool. I looked around for the others. No sign of Sonny. Looked like Roscoe's gone, too. I began to wonder if Ma was even there. As my eyes adjusted, I saw it. A giant phonograph cabinet at center stage. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Street Caravan has been bringing the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the musicians who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. Again, it's iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Tourism, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. 
the soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we're featuring the sanctified sounds of the McCrary Sisters this week. The McCrary Sisters follow in their family's legacy of gospel music. But it's not the orchestrated sound you might find in a contemporary church. There are no synthesizers, no large choir behind them. It's quartet-based, rhythm section-based. It's tight, it's focused, and it rocks. Which makes sense. This brand of traditional African-American gospel is where it all comes from. Blues, soul, R&B, and yes, rock and roll. It all comes from gospel. And the McCrary sisters, they use their gift to share the gospel with audiences all over the world in any number of non-church settings. And the power of their style allows them to bring their message to multiple genres of music. As amazing as they are on their own, the McCrary's are frequent collaborators. You'll find them working with artists as varied as Paul Thorne, country music superstar Carrie Underwood, and blues legend Buddy Guy. Not to mention artists like Buddy Miller, Dr. John, Sheryl Crow. And this one really took me back because once I learned this, I realized I've known the sound of the McCrary family my whole life. Pat, you know the records that Bob Dylan made back in the 70s when he went through his gospel phase? Yeah. The incredible female gospel sound that permeates those albums is Regina McCrary. Wow. Well, let's get back to the music. But later in the program, we'll sit down and talk with the sisters. So stay tuned for that. Here are the McCrary sisters live on Beale Street Caravan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget all your words. 
My name is Ann McCrary, and I'm the oldest girl. My name is Deborah. I'm next to the oldest girl. I'm Regina. I'm the third girl. I'm Frida, and I'm the baby. So, as sisters, when you guys go in and you come up with ideas for songs, how do you decide? Is it a vote? Well, we normally, you know, we practice. We have ideas. We come together. We have meetings, and we decide. But Regina, she usually makes the song list, and then she'll say, but what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And we'll say, I know, but why not? You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's like, we you know, we get together, we make decisions together, and, you know, she do the song list, she write it all out every time we go out, and usually it's almost whatever she say. I think when it comes down to everybody writing songs, everybody writes. We kind of, like, go from our different experiences and create, and then sometimes, like, I might write a song, and then I bring it to them, and they create the background parts and vice versa. We sing a few songs that have already been recorded before, but we put our McCrary sister feel on them, which then we take them and make them ours. As you get a call for somebody, how do you decide who you want to work with? Based on the music, based on what the lyrics of their songs are, mm -hmm. we have turned down sessions because we don't want to go too far we don't want to go far from what we believe in and what we stand for. So if the song is about peace and love and joy and happiness and bringing people together, if it's about stop the hatred, stop the killing, we in. You got us. Song, you know, a good relationship song, we we would do that as long as it's, it's a, a positive lyric. Every now and then it becomes an awkward situation when we are someplace and the lyrics are not good. We will tell the people, well, we will sing this part, but we will not sing that part. We don't try to change people's lyrics and change what they want. Mm -hmm. we, what we do is we just make a decision what we're comfortable with and leave it at that. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it, it ain't our place to make them change what they want to do. Okay. Yeah. When I go to a show and it's a gospel or contemporary Christian show, at the end of the show they might have an invitation at the end of the show. Do you guys do that? We've never done that, right? I think that we plant the seed so it is not our duty to make it grow. It's our duty, I believe, to plant the seed and give suggestions and hope. Because the one thing we want to do is we don't want to push people away from the message. The Bible says that you have to be wise to win souls. So a lot of people say that they were clapping and feeling good, and then they realized, oh, this is gospel. So it puts a whole new idea <laughs> into their minds, and some of them go to church now, and that's what we do. We plant the seed. Because you've been able to play with so many people, do you feel like, eh, we're not stuck being a gospel act. We can do whatever we want to do. I think if somebody has um, a beautiful love song, mm -hmm. because God is love, and I think if somebody has a beautiful love song and uh, it's just talking about love or something, you know, something like that. But 
I don't think we're going to stray, <laughs> you know, <laughs> too far away. It's been working, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going to stray. Yeah. I wrote a, a wedding song, and but that's just about how, as far as it'll go. Or something positive, uh, po something with positive lyrics in it. Being with each other, are there like lessons that you guys learned? Uh, well, you know, our father was a pastor, so he gave some mighty good sermons that we can recall. For me, my example, whenever I'm at a certain level, I think of my mother and my father, and I ask myself, what would they have done? I do what I think they would have done, and what they always did was they stayed the course. Mm -hmm. When I'm in doubt about something, I think about what would daddy do, and it's like things just start happening. They fed eight children and all some church members and this and the other, and we stop sometime there and say, how in the world did they do that? How did they, because they were not big money people. How did they do that? And when we follow, I know when I follow the example that they set before me, I'm able to do things. And I stop sometimes and say, I did that. I know where that, you know, I know how, but it amazes me how God will actually come through when you do what He told you to do. And that's the thing is doing what. He told you to do be, being faithful. He's always faithful, but he's waiting for us to be faithful. And that's that's the big thing. That that's a big lesson. No matter what's going on, yeah. that's what you guys fall back on. Yeah. Always. Always. So we are gonna go back to live music okay. at the Levitt Shell. Thank you guys for just chatting with me yeah. for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do. He said, medicine won't help you. Holy Ghost done got you. And I 
The McCrary Sisters live on Bill Street Caravan. To find out more about the McCrary Sisters, it's easy. Just go to McCrarySisters.com. And please check out their website for tour dates because they may be coming to a venue near you soon. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public radio. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag iListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. 
And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week. So until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Mm-hmm.